The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Apparently, the, 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 the sense of smell unlocks feelings of nostalgia more powerfully than anything else. Wow. It makes sense. I yeah. mean, you can smell something from your childhood, and it takes you back to it in... That moment, right? I'm sure, we all have things we can list. That, oh, you know, I smell and, and, Bacardi and smell- rum, and I'm gonna—I might throw up on the spot. First time I ever got drunk in my life, or drank in my life, really. It was—I had a friend who was more experienced than me, and he was giving me shots of Bacardi rum, and I was drinking them like it was water. And I was like, "What's the big deal? This is cool." Oh my gosh, I threw up all night the next day. I can't even smell it anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna bring a bottle of Bacardi. I have one, and on the set, I'm just gonna screw unscrew. Screw it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna waft it under your nose and see if we have another one of those moments where you grab a trash. Well, I'm can not gonna grab the trash can if left. you do that. I'm gonna grab you and throw up right on you. That's what's gonna happen. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, enjoy your breakfast, everybody. <laughs> Good morning, and here we are. It's PFT Live. You know, I texted you a photo. Yeah. Of the bottle of Bacardi. Oh, I know. And I don't know how long it's been sitting there. The barn has been remodeled for seven years, so it's no more than seven years old. But I don't know that anybody's actually had any of the Bacardi. Who drinks? I don't even know anyone that drinks Bacardi rum. You're right. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, it's in my house, too. I feel like you always see it in any liquor cabinet or whatever. And I'm always like, who drinks this? I know rum, I guess, with some some mixy drinks or whatever is kind of popular, but not We have had captain morgan in the house before but one of my friends was visiting Oof. drank the entire bottle are you been no no more cap, close to it no more captain morgan so well, you know what bruce arian says about rum don't you rum and coke it's what he drinks when he's not drinking <laughs> so <laughs> it's a light easy one i i i forgot to bring it all right because good, i thanks. really did i really did i, I haven't it. smelt it in so long and put it right well, there I, I don't know what would happen i know there was a time in my life like not long after that when i would smell it i would be like you know i'd kind of like oh my gosh uh, but that was a rough night i don't even think i finished on that story here's the the kicker that i was probably embarrassed to say I, it was first time i was ever drunk first time i ever drank hard liquor it was the night before I had two-a-day practice at football the next day, my sophomore year. We're a good team. We're one of the best teams in New Jersey. And I don't know what I was thinking. I was trying to, I guess, impress some friends. I'm young. I'm stupid. I thought, again, a shot. I was like, this can't do that much to me. My mom picks me up that night at my friend's house, and she, she knows, and she's a cool mom, knows I'm drunk. Like She's like, oh, Christopher, are you okay? And she knows I'm like totally out of it. Uh, she, hey, you better get to bed. You know, you got to get up and whatever. I get up. She takes me to practice, and I'm as hungover as you can be. I mean, I'm hungover. Like, I can still remember it as one of the biggest hangovers I ever, ever had in my life. And I remember getting out of the car, my mom looking at me going, 
Good luck. <laughs> and I went to the football, got through a few periods of practice. We had a water break, chugged down the water. Of course, it came back up, and I was good to go after that. And this is the point where we say we do not Hello. condone underage drinking. No, we but don't. when I do the math right. for you, yeah. given your intellectual capacity, and I'm assuming you were left behind a few times, you probably were 21 by the time you were a <laughs> sophomore in high school. So I it's could've. okay. It all, it's all good. You. That's right. That's so right. Uh, here we are. I forgot the Bacardi. But, but I assume there are some establishments in the greater Canton area that would have that product available. So we have two more days of this. Be prepared for the possibility of an unexpected arrival of a bottle of Bacardi in one of the next two days. Okay, let's get to it. We are here in Canton for the duration of the week because Thursday night is the Hall of Fame game, the Las Vegas Raiders and the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've got a pregame show that we're going to be doing, and uh, it's great to be together. We haven't been together since... The Super Bowl, right. and that was the first time we were together in two years. In two years, right? And uh, so it's it's, and you didn't really manhandle me the way that I think you would have wanted. Well, to. I wanted to. I know I didn't know how comfortable you were with it. I mean, completely uncomfortable. Well, great. With it. I don't know, but la- it wasn't as comfortable as the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, you told me like, get away. I'm going to kick you. I'm going to punch you. You said that. So at least we're we're breaking ground here. We're I went straight better. into the old school. You know the old school like. Jack Dempsey fighting stance where they would do, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the right. bare knuckles. Right. Like, who, 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 who was ever intimidated like that? by that? Yeah, I don't know either. I don't <laughs> I mean, know. This is just, you just put your middle fingers back. That's what this stance is, <laughs> exactly. right? Okay. Seriously. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was more, it was more. Well, I had my, I had my Darth Vader mask on I, today I know. because I am technically unclean. I'm four days from being exposed to my son who tested positive on Sunday. But I'm fine. I mean, I, I don't know how it works, but I'm fine. Famous last words is going to hit me during a show. Right. I doubt. I feel completely and totally and perfectly fine. Don't I'm worry. To I'm not worried thing. about it. Anyway, we're two best buddies back at it. Here we are. We 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 had the uh uh what's the thing the measuring tape? Yeah. It's, I think it's six feet. I, close it enough. Seems like it. We're good. Two best buddies back at it on a day where hmm some news broke yesterday. Well, and, and let me just say this. Let me say this, Chris. Look behind. Yeah. See what that is. Right. We're Books? in a library. Mm. This is the first time Chris has ever there. been in a library. <laughs> in his entire life this is a momentous day it was almost 42 years and we finally got him (laughs) in a library when i saw the picture last night it kind of looks like larry davis's office and curb your enthusiasm what's behind him on the wall when he's sitting at his desk right why didn't you bring some of your helmets from home decorate the place i didn't know i didn't didn't know i didn't know until uh until we got, got here, here. Yeah. I was in the I was in the car. Ended up leaving a little bit later than I had intended yes, yesterday from West Virginia because things got busy, and <laughs> there are no coincidences. One day after, Judge Sue Robinson suspends Deshaun Watson for six games. Yeah, an investigation that had been lingering for months that really didn't take as much time as was required to come to a conclusion. They pull the sheet off of their investigation of Dolphins owner Stephen Ross one day later. And some people would say, well, it was to turn the page on Deshaun Watson. Well, but the page is going to get turned back when they appeal right. her decision. Right. It was, I believe, to let the world know they also will punish owners under the right circumstances. There isn't a double standard, even though we know there is. Yeah. There isn't. And and we'll talk, we'll talk more about it. There's yeah. proof of the double standard baked into what they did to Stephen Ross because he should have gotten it a lot worse than he did. I would agree with that, too. On both counts. Yeah. And we knew about the tanking accusation. Right. That's what started all of this. Right. The idea that, as Brian Flores alleged in his lawsuit that was filed on February 1 of 2022, that Stephen Ross at one point offered during the 2019 season $100,000 per loss because Ross was hell-bent on getting the first overall pick in the draft. And it had gone from tank for Tua to he had an obsession with Joe Burrow. He wanted Joe Burrow. He wanted to get that draft position. And Flores had been alarmed, and he had documented. He had sounded the alarm internally. And and Flores' argument is, this is one of the reasons why this guy wanted to get rid of me. And, And this is common in employment discharge cases. Somebody gets fired, and it feels to them that this doesn't make sense, and I don't know why, yeah. because they're not telling me the truth. Right. So Flores' argument, as, and it's more elaborate and specific in his amended complaint. Initially, yeah. he didn't tie it to why he was fired. Right. In his amended complaint, he says he did. that this is one of the reasons why he got rid of me. Well, I, this I, is either yeah, a situation right. of racial discrimination, or he, he decided that 
I shouldn't be on the team because I'm not taking the cues. I'm not following the express or implied instructions from the multi-billionaire who owns the team that I should deliberately lose games to improve the draft position. Right. So, so, and I think after you got fired and had some time to think a little bit from people I know, I know B-Flow a little bit, these things started to come into his mind a little bit to where, yeah, that's where I think he's, you start to think about the past, things that happened. You talked about it a little bit on the show and, 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 and before, and I feel like, you know, that could have sparked some, some like, yeah, maybe that is what happened to me. And I've kind of heard that through the grapevine with people connected to him, that, that after he got fired, he settled in a little bit. He went, man, maybe that, that Joe Burrow thing was part of this equation of him being fired, or maybe the owner didn't like him because of it. So that's how it all got started. Right. As the investigation continued, and Mary Jo White, who has like, I don't know, seven or eight NFL investigation plates going Whoa. currently. Yeah. At least she's got one fewer now. Right. But it it took a detour. We're going to talk about how they resolved the tanking because I, I, I'm, I'm still astounded that they weren't punished for that. Well, we'll they're not going to go there yet. We'll, we'll get, get to it. To yeah. that. But on the tampering side, something that no one really expected and I've gone back through some of our PFT posts at some point along the way I raised the question of whether or not the league should investigate the Dolphins for tampering with Tom Brady because we were the ones and there were very few others who were even acknowledging it talking about it chasing it doing anything to even mention that it was a thing and we lit this fuse was that February? late February late February, early late March, February. Right? yeah this is it February 28th 2022, while we were on the air, once we finished the opening segment of the show, because what happened was Chris and I were both independently hearing. We were texting each other on a Friday night or a Saturday and, and, night. But even, but like I had been hearing yeah. Sean Payton, Tom Brady yeah. to the Dolphins. And it I all, had heard and, something that something was up with Brady. And we started to kind of text, and I started to ask you, did you hear anything about Brady and another team? I, I don't know if he's really retiring, whatever. Right. And that's where it kind of and, went. And at the time that this happened, Brady was retired. He was in that 40-day yeah. window where he was retired. Right. And Peyton had already resigned from the Saints. And it was a, it was a Friday night, and I, I remember just the light bulb saying, I think between the two of us, we got enough. I think so, too. Right. Remember. To, to talk yeah. about this on Monday. And what I did on Sunday is I, I actually pretended to be a real reporter and sought comment from mm -hmm. people. And, and I was stunned that the Dolphins, and in hindsight, maybe I'm not stunned because I think they knew this was coming. Right. They, they cooperated yeah. and, were, and legitimized some of it like, well, yeah, you know what? A call was there made was contact to and all the that. Yes. Saints about Sean Payton, but it didn't go anywhere. And we did consider adding Tom Brady as a minority owner. And ultimately, that's what I was told reliably. And it took a little while for us to get to this yeah, point. It but, did. but here was the timeline. Here's what was going to happen. February 1... Tom Brady retires from the NFL. Right. Retires from the Buccaneers. Yeah. The following week, as the Super Bowl approaches in Los Angeles, the Dolphins announce Tom Brady is a minority owner of the team. And Ben Volan of the Boston Globe added this at some point, possibly an executive like Marino is. Yeah. Dan Marino's been an executive. Remember, he went there at one point and was actually, actually going to work and realized, <laughs> no, let's take, no, I don't, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Just give me a, an office and a title and I'll just walk around and talk to people. Brady was going to have something like that. Right. And then at some point he was going to play. And in between that, yeah. Sean Payton was going to be acquired yeah. from the Saints as the head coach. That was the plan. Right. And the Brian Flores lawsuit filed the same day Brady retired. And I think Flores knew exactly what he was doing. I think he had the thing locked and loaded, and he knew he was going to derail Brady and Peyton to Miami, and he did. It was happening. So that was the other side of this investigation. At some point, they realized there's a lot of smoke here. We'd be stupid not to look for the fire because it's not going to be hard to find because you know what? Everybody tampers. Well, yes. Everybody does it. Right. That's part of this. Yeah. It happens all the time, and right. this is one of the problems I've had with the NFL for years. It is rampant. It is blatant. It is casual. It is nonchalant. The scouting combine, it's rampant with meetings between teams and agents for the players who are about to become free agents. And every once in a while, somebody gets whacked for it. And I believe that the Dolphins, who did get whacked for this, 
I think they got whacked for it because they needed to get Stephen Ross for something and they weren't going to get him for tanking. So they had it gift-wrapped, silver platter, tampering, and they felt like they had to do it. And look, he's, he's gone. He's suspended through week six of the regular season. Can't be around the team. And it's not like it's a big loss because, as we've said before, he doesn't even work there. Yeah. He lives in New York. Like, he only flies in for games. So it's not like you're really hurting the guy. You're just saying he can't attend League six meetings regular and season things, games. Right. And hey, there's a couple of meetings between now and then. Yeah. And like that, That's a big loss. We've been to some league meetings. Right. Like, oh, geez, what a, what a shame. I can't go to the league meeting this year. So it's not like they really – it's an embarrassment for him. Yes. And he, he's fined – one and a half million dollars, which is come on, it's it's Drop couch, the it's couch cushion money right. for Stephen Ross and a first round pick in twenty twenty three and a fourth and a third round pick, excuse me, in twenty twenty four. That's mm. where you hurt a team, no doubt. When you start taking away their first round picks, Bruce Beal also, who was the the connection to Brady, yeah, the middleman. He's fined $500,000, and he can't attend any league meetings in the 2022 season. And, again, look, I mean, what are you really taking away from Bruce Beal when you say you can't attend league meetings? He's not really suspended. He's not really, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. So that's what they did to the Dolphins after finding. And here's what's amazing. Okay, so, yeah, it's well, a pretty strong punishment. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. I, well, what I was just going to say right off the bat, the, 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 uh, the tampering was blatant. I mean, to your point, you're right. It always goes on. This is the most blatant tampering I can remember, though, as far as like a three-year pursuit, basically, of a guy who was on a team all three years. And then a coach where, again, I, 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 I'm like you. I wondered, would he have retired if he knew this was going to go down? Because maybe he retired from the Saints because he wanted to go to the, Sa- uh, you know, the Miami. I, I wonder that if the Sean Payton would still be with the Saints right I, now you, if this wasn't going I, on. That hit All me right? yesterday, too. I know. It was the first thing I thought of. Like, did he really want to retire? I, I don't know either. So, And then I feel like just, just – and I know we're going to hit on it in a second, but the, the trying to lose games, the tanking and all that – you know, I understand them coming down hard on uh, the the uh, tampering charges and all that. I think they could have came down harder. I don't feel like they want to come down too hard on the tanking thing because it almost incriminates the league itself, right? right? right. And we'll get to that. Yeah, you're I know, right. I know. Let's let's yeah. One we, thing we've at got a time. we've got some stuff, and and now I, let's get to what they actually did. Right. You've touched on it a little bit, but yeah. here's what the league found in the statement that was released out of the blue yesterday late morning. And this focuses on Brady. And this goes back to when he was with the Patriots. Patriots. The Dolphins had impermissible communications with quarterback Tom Brady in 2019 and 2020 while he was under contract to the New England Patriots. Those communications began as early as August 2019, before he even began his final regular season with the New England Patriots. They continued through the 2019 season and postseason. These numerous and detailed discussions were conducted by Mr. Beal, who in turn kept Mr. Ross and other Dolphins executives informed of his discussions with Mr. Brady. And look, I heard throughout the 2019 season the Patriots were afraid he was going to land with the Dolphins. You said it, you've said it many times. Because of the connection to Bruce Beal. Sure. Bruce Beal and Tom Brady are thick as thieves. Right. There are photos of them together at the Kentucky Derby. They are connected. And then Bruce, Brian Flores is from New England's there. Yeah. So there's a lot of things to so, connect to. So Beal's talking to Brady while he's with the Patriots. Right. About joining the Dolphins when he becomes a free agent in March of 2020. And they tampered with him throughout that year. That's the Patriots side. Yeah. Then here comes the Buccaneers side. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins had impermissible communications with Brady and his agent Don Yee during and after the 2021 season while he was under contract with the Buccaneers. Those discussions began no later than early December of 2021 and focused on Brady becoming a limited partner in the Dolphins and possibly serving as a football executive, although at times they also included the possibility of his playing for the Dolphins. Both Ross and Beal were active participants in these discussions. No so, while Tommy, happy birthday, Tommy, by the way, hmm. happy birthday, uh, while he is playing for the Buccaneers yeah. and making a push for Super Bowl win number eight, Super Bowl appearance number 11, God, it's impossible. You need, you got, you need more than two hands to count Super Bowl the number seven, of Super Bowl. Seven Super Bowl it would have been oh, eight you're, wins. Yeah, you're right. He's pushing for yeah, eight right, and appearance right. number 11. Gotcha, gotcha. So, while, while he's that, he's all in with the Bucks. he's talking to the Dolphins. Right. He's talking to the Dolphins. He's laying the foundation for his next move. And this is why we always say that, can we still say shit even though we're not in our regular habitat? I think habitat? so. Okay. Yeah. This is why we always say them, you know, no, we can't. This is why we always say they're full of it. Yeah. Because we know what's going on behind the curtain. Yes. And we know that Brady's got plenty of angles and plenty of games. And, and 
and, and, and it's, it's funny because I don't think he's very good at overtly and directly lying. When right. he was asked about the Dolphins earlier this year, he didn't deny it. He didn't. He would change he the subject. Deny yeah, he changed the he subject. Couldn't. And maybe he knew at the time they're looking around. Right. Maybe he'd gotten a text from Beal. Oh, geez. I'm I had sure to, he knew. I had to be interviewed by this Mary Jo White. Right. I had to give him my phone records. I had to do this. I had to do that. Tread lightly, Tom. Be careful what you say because they're on to us. Yeah. They, and, we, and we were on to it, and the league got on to it. And – you know, one of the things that hit me yesterday, uh, so much for anyone who would insist there was no issue between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. Why is he talking to the Dolphins in the 2021 season? As the season's coming down the home stretch, he's talking about playing for the Dolphins the next year. He knew he was leaving the Buccaneers, just like he knew he was leaving the Patriots. Yeah. The fact that he ended up back with the Buccaneers is astounding in hindsight. And it, it was is. Flores slamming the door on the path to Miami. There's no other seat for Tom Brady, including San Francisco. And and is it stupid to think there wasn't at least some conversation if Brady isn't going back to Tampa and he's looking for another landing spot? Is it stupid to think? Remember, he went out there. He was sleeping at the combine, and the 49ers coaches and the GM, or Shanahan was still in San Francisco. Shanahan's in San Francisco. They hire his college teammate, Ryan Greasy, to be the quarterback's coach. coach. Right. Brady is sleeping in his childhood bed in San Mateo, and we're to believe that there was no discussion of any kind about the possibility of Tom Brady playing for the 49ers this year. Yeah, so, I doubt that. And now, now, I never heard it, but this is one I where— I never did either. It's, it's, the circumstances are impossible to ignore. So, so, that's the Brady side of it. And, uh, again, but for the Flores lawsuit, he, he would have become a minority owner of the team possibly an executive, and then it's just a matter of time before they work out the deal. And I was told it was done. It was all window dressing at this point. Brady to the Dolphins was done. I, Sean that's Payton what we were saying then. to the Dolphins, and that's the last was piece done? of this, that they were caught for tampering. Right. In January of 2022, the Dolphins had impermissible communications with Don Yee, the agent for Sean Payton, about having Payton serve as Miami's head coach. Miami did not seek consent from New Orleans to have these discussions, which occurred before Sean Payton announced his decision to retire as head coach of the Saints. Before he announced his decision, mm-hmm. following that announcement, I Miami was told back then permission too. to speak to Sean Payton and New Orleans. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. There. I, I just I was even told back then, and I think you know we originally said it when we were on the air, February twenty eighth or 29th, whatever day that was, too. That that the, the the conversation with Sean Payton had got far enough down the road with compensation yes. being talked about. Yes. You know, I was led to believe, too, and this is allegedly right now because I've had some people push back, but, man, my sources have been pretty strong with this, that there was even compensation discussed with Tampa and Miami, all right? It was, so, everything was done. Yes. It was just a matter of the first domino right. being hit, right. and Brian Flores grabbed the first domino right. and threw it out the window. Right. It was going to happen. And th- this is proof that this stuff happens all the time. It'll be interesting to see... If it happens going forward. This is more than I think normal. Right. Okay. But, but, yes. but in Playmakers, by the way, available wherever books are sold, Sean Payton was going to be the coach of the Cowboys in 2019. Everything was in place for it to happen. And when Anthony Davis, then of the New Orleans Pelicans, tells Mickey Loomis, who was doing double duty as GM of the Saints and the VP of basketball operations for the Pelicans, when he finds out Davis wants out, he says to Sean Payton, I can't be the guy who's responsible for both of these yeah, guys the leaving two New Orleans sports stars. the same month. Right. It's not it's not happening. Sorry, we can't do it. Right. That was a day away from the first domino falling, which would have been Cowboys fire Jason Garrett, vacancy arises. They act like they're doing a search, yeah. a real search. They're not doing a real search. They're waiting for the right time to call the Saints and work out the deal that's already been worked out to acquire Sean Payton from the Saints. And this this is one of the craziest facts because Jeff Ireland taking the call from Chris Greer. Now, Ireland is the former Dolphins GM who's the assistant GM in New Orleans now. The current Dolphins GM, Chris Greer, calls him and asks about Payton, and Ireland tells him, don't waste your time. That was coincidental to the conversations that were actually happening. Right. So, yes, the, the, the Saints denied permission. but And see, that's where this, these findings are incomplete. There was a lot going on behind the curtain. And this may be why, because people have asked me, why weren't the Saints compensated for 
being victims yeah. of tampering? Right. Why weren't the Patriots compensated? Why weren't the Buck compensated? Because right. I think they were in on it. They knew what was happening. This is how the sausage gets made. This is why it's so delicate a process for the NFL. The Patriots knew they wanted to move on for the, Freddie, the so they were good with care. that. They didn't the care. The Patriots didn't care. Right. The Saints, again, it was already done. So the Saints were talking to the Dolphins. Right. The Saints aren't complaining about right. it. The Bucks weren't going to hold Brady hostage after do, what no, he did. Right. No, and, and it was all set up. And, oh, by the way, the Bucks tampered with Tom Brady. Of course. Obviously. If Bruce the, Arians yeah. at the scouting combine in 2020 was asked what they're going to do at quarterback, and he said we're going to call Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers. They were both under contract with other teams at the time. The league didn't do anything about it because it almost never does anything about it. And then after Brady signed, they started putting out this bullcrap See, thank you. I said bull crap. This bull crap story about how it all worked, and they never talked to him until they were able to talk to him. Baloney. Yeah, they were right. covering their tracks. They tampered. And I, look at it this way. If the Dolphins tampered with Tom Brady yeah, they were already on the and inside got track. him, right. how could a team that didn't tamper with him get him? Yeah, right. If the team that was talking to him failed, right. how could it be that a team that followed all the rules and had no direct communications with him until the league year began in 2020, how in the right. hell did that team right. get him? They tampered too. And somebody asked me yesterday, why weren't the Bucks, the Saints, or the Patriots compensated in some way for being the victims of tampering? And that's why. Yeah. Because they either didn't care or they were guilty as well. And the Bucks were guilty of it. And I think the Saints and the Patriots didn't care. And the Saints were, were in on it. They were in on the conversations for what it was going to take to get Sean Well, it, it's like we always, like Mike Tomlin, you know, we want volunteers, not hostages. A guy like Tom Brady, if he's trying to say, hey, I want to move on, do something else, he had been there, he'd won a Super Bowl, he brought a ton of money to the Bucks, all that type of stuff. They were, it sounds like, willing to, you know, appease him to, to okay, go ahead. You know, I will say, I don't know if it shows a ton into the relationship. Like, I'm with you. I think there is some friction there between Bruce and Tom Brady for sure. But I still think, like, you know, at the end of the day, too, this was just about Brady, for lack of a better way, maybe being selfish and just trying to add to his lure as a person. He's going to go to the next team where I'm the owner, I'm the quarterback, they're building the house down there, they're going to move their family there, and then he's going to set himself up with, as we've discussed a few times here already since we've been back on air you know, the, the last week, the Dolphins have one of the best teams on paper in all of football. They're, they're like the Bucks were a few years ago where you look at them and go, man, if they could just get a quarterback or a player here, they might have the best team in the game. Miami is on the verge of that. So I can understand Brady wanting to make that move for a, a myriad of reasons. Ownership, Beal, you know, of course, Sean Payton. Payton's, they're both uh, represented by the same agent, right? They're both right? represented by Yee. And it's yeah, funny because right. they mention Yee's name as it relates oh, to Payton. Payton, but not but Brady. But they don't mention it as to Brady. It's, What's up with that? Because it's like they didn't want to, it's like they didn't want to go all in that this was such a coup d'etat. I don't know what, I don't know why that. I, I, I saw that too. That made no sense to me. By the way. Thank you. Thank you very well much. Every, I'm, I read about it a few minutes ago. <laughs> but uh, but th that, that's where it is shocking. And it is shocking to have names like Sean Payton, Tom Brady, you know, be associated with this. And here's one other thing that just is the biggest thing to me. And I wanted to hit on this when you talked about the Stephen Ross thing. The, the, yeah, the money dropping the bucket, definitely. The first round pick, I'm just, just remember it. We're, we don't know what Tua is, right? We don't know what Tua is. I, this puts more pressure on Tua. Because the, 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 the Dolphins are supposed to have two first-round picks next year. This was the year to find out if Tua can do it. And if he can't, we have the assets to go up and get a quarterback or make a move and get a quarterback next year if Tua doesn't work out for the, 2020, and, and for the 2023 season. Man, you just took away a huge leg of Great their point. ability to bargain, do whatever, get up in the draft, trade to get a quarterback, whatever. That, to me, is the biggest blow of all, and it does put a lot of pressure on the Tua situation to Miami even more now. What did they give up to get Tyree Kill? They gave up five picks in they all, did. so that makes it even harder. Yes. Now you take away a first-rounder next year, and it's even harder to maneuver if they decide they want right. to maneuver, and they better not tank. That, that's off the table now, right? I don't think Stephen Ross is going to be walking around the facility once his suspension ends saying we need to improve our draft position in 2023, regardless of what it means for our win-loss record in 2022. Around any corner... Within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, 
Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Right. Something that flashed through my brain, and that's why I love talking these things through. When they began talking to Brady in December of 2021, yeah. was it to partner Brady with Brian Flores, or had they already decided that Flores was out and Peyton was in? I, 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 think, it was, I think it was already Sean Peyton. I do. Just, just between this, you know, and the other thing that leads me to believe that this was, there's a little more communication maybe between Peyton and Brady is the fact that you and I both know that in New Orleans, the year before, when Brady was making the decision to go to New England to Tampa Bay, yep. Brady was very much on the radar for the Saints to be the quarterback there if Drew Brees wasn't willing to accept the twenty-five million dollar contract for the year. Yep. If he was Brady, if, if Brees was going to hold their feet over the fire for more money, that is the other part of this that I know people probably go, "Oh, they're crazy." These two, they don't believe that. They had Brady on their radar. There was communications there. So there's obviously a connection between Peyton and Brady there. And at some point, it morphed from Brady is the fallback if Breeze chooses not to play because there was a question as to whether he's going to play in 2020. But even after he chose to play, there was still that lingering attraction. And this all goes back to your dad's head coach, Bill Parcells. Mm -hmm. Not that he was involved in any of this, but Brady wants a head coach with that Parcells mindset. Brady wants a head coach who is going to bust his ass, who's going to grind, who's going to be like Belichick. And right. That's what Peyton is. And he's this Bel- isn't he's about, Belichick with personality, this is, maybe. This more. isn't right. about Bruce Arians, the person. This right. is about Bruce Arians, the coach. Arians was basically semi-retired. Arians wasn't grinding the way that Peyton does. Peyton talked about staying up till 2 a.m. every night, living on Diet Coke and, 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 you know, and candy bars, st- studying film, looking for any edge, just grinding, 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 grinding. And Brady was with a guy like the that ultimate for 20 grinder. years the ultimate, in New England. Right. And then he got a couple of years of it with Arians, and he sees this is a different guy altogether. He doesn't work like Belichick does. And where you get that edge, that one thing that makes a difference, that, that decision that gets made at the right moment, in the right spot, at the right time that provides the difference between winning and losing a key game, that comes from all those hours you put in of busting your ass. And I think that's why he had an attraction to get together with Sean Payton. Yeah, and, I, I understand that. Out of the fact he's one of the best offensive minds in the history of football, you're right. And then I think when you couple that together with the team that they got down there, I'm sure Sean Payton and Brady were like, damn, if we can get down there with that group, you know, that 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 team and what they got, we can make some moves and, and, and in a hurry. So I understand, you know, the allure of, of that situation. I do. And competing with the Patriots. Oh, my gosh, that would have been great. Twice a year. It really would have been. Here's what Roger Goodell said on – the tampering conclusions. The investigators found tampering violations of unprecedented scope and severity. I know of no prior instance of a team violating the prohibition on tampering with both a head coach and a star player to the potential detriment of multiple other clubs over a period of several years. Similarly, I know of no prior instance in which ownership was so directly involved in the violations. Okay, fine. Strong statement. Strong why and this is a point Matt Casey made yesterday as we're processing all of this why in the hell is it only a first round pick and a fourth round I pick think everybody a, is and a one that. and a half million dollar fine and a six-week suspension for Stephen Ross I mean they, they were caught hand pressed to the bottom of the cookie jar and other hand basically giving a middle finger to anybody who was paying attention yeah and that's all they got right for this unprecedented in scope and severity instance of tampering and I think one of the reasons is because everybody does it. It would have been very difficult Probably, to truly throw the book at them for this right. because they allow it to happen. They, they don't have the mechanism to enforce you can't it. They stop don't have it the everywhere. time to enforce it. You're, you're chasing you're the old uh, Rocky, too, when he's chasing the chicken. Yeah. You're chasing 32 right. chickens simultaneously yeah. to try to prove every instance of tampering in the NFL. So it's in the rare occasions when it falls into your lap or it's a convenient diversion from the thing they really should have been punishing them for that we say, okay, we'll get them for this, and this will be the punishment, and we'll move on. But 
I, it should have been. It's still a it good should punishment, have been a greater but punishment. I think everybody, I think everybody has that same thought that we, we you, you're having right now. I think there's a lot of people when you read the statement, you know, you start to actually read what went down this covert operation coup d'état that was going on, and I think everybody was a little bit like, "Wow, just that's it? That's all you're going to lose after all of that?" But I think your point is the real one. Are you just going to work in coup d'état all day, twice all today. day long? I might, I might make it my word. Yeah. I yeah. might make it my word right. today. So, um, I. I sh- as to Brady and Peyton, yeah. there's a lot of people who are upset. That, that we're right? That, no, oh. no. That they... They get off free. They get off, as you would say, I, once upon a time, scotch-free. 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 Damn. They are scotch-free scotch here. Scotch-free. Now, you can't discipline the player because that's part of the collective bargaining process. And it's never been a crime to be the one who's tampered with, even if you are actively involved in it. It's kind of weird. I remember there have been occasions where, for example, a star player on a team knows he's going to be cut if he doesn't take a pay cut. And he's dealing with that, okay, I'm going to make 10. They want me to make five. What do I do? Well, let's find out what's behind door number two. Let's start calling around the teams. There's no violation in the player or the agent doing it the violation comes from the teams engaging in the conversation. Yeah. So that's the way it's always been when it comes to players. With a coach, they could if they want to because the coaches aren't in a union. They could change the rules whenever they want. And they could say that any coach that's involved in tampering, you know what, maybe they will in the, in the aftermath of this, a coach that's involved in tampering who's the one who's being tampered with will be subject to potential action. And as a practical matter, look – it was going to happen again this year with Peyton. Everyone was on notice that Peyton's coming back in 2023. Do you think this affects it? Uh, well, look at it this way. If you're a team that has a coach that you're not 100% sold on and maybe you would push him overboard if you could get Sean Peyton, yeah. you don't have any way of lining it up ahead of time. You can't, you can't get the two in the bush while still holding the bird in the hand. That's what Jerry Jones did when he flirted with Peyton. Right. It didn't happen with the Dolphins because they were already looking for a coach. But, you think but maybe they wouldn't have fired Flores. On them now maybe they wouldn't have fired Flores if they thought they weren't going to get Peyton. I don't know. I, I don't know. But it, but, I but would what think it, not. But what it does is it, it makes it much harder for the Chargers, the Cowboys. The Dolphins were mentioned by Barry Jackson, the Miami Herald. I don't think the Dolphins are going to be talking to Sean Payton at any point this year, no matter how bad the Dolphins may be. The, the, the Brady Payton to Miami in 2023, probably not happening, even though it was still potentially going to happen. The Panthers have been mentioned. And remember, the Panthers did kind of a not all that full throated denial when it came out that the Panthers were thinking about right. Tom Brady or, or Sean Payton. Payton in 2023. I think that it makes it much more difficult. And I think anybody who would pursue Sean Payton is going to have to do it the right way by the book. Yeah, okay. Which means you have to have already fired your coach. Not, hey, you know, maybe I'll fire my coach if I can get Sean Payton, but otherwise I'm keeping my coach. So it makes it harder for Payton to have a perfect landing spot. Yeah. He wants warm weather, great team, and final say. And now it can't. I, I think it would be very foolish because somebody told me yesterday the owners are getting together next week in Minnesota to give approval to the Broncos sale. Yeah. And there's an expectation that Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the league, is going to let them all hear about it when it comes to tampering and tanking. And I think what will happen is for a year or two, yeah, like anything else, they're paying attention now. They'll be strict. They'll be strict. And then They'll be they'll careful. Fall by the wayside. And then, and then yeah. oh, because they just can't keep up with all of it. Well, they yeah. can't. They can't enforce it. They don't want to enforce it. They don't want to get in the habit of issuing statements like this that lets the world know we got a bunch of corrupt organizations that break the rules all the time. Because you know what? You know what, folks? Hurts the integrity of the they game. Got, they got a bunch of corrupt organizations that break the rules all the time. But they don't want to advertise that sure. to Congress. Yeah. And it's only in the most rare cases where they have no other alternative like this one that they do it. Well, yeah, no alternative like this one. And then I think the times of the Deshaun Watson thing, like you said, there's no coincidence that it's put out there and that maybe, you know, they, they want to make a statement here that they do come down hard on owners for Saints sure. Saints bounty scandal. Yeah. Saints bounty scandal. But, That's the last time that they have banged the drum this loudly because player health and safety. 
We got to show that we're serious about player health and safety, even though everybody's got a bounty program in some form or another, some sort of incentive for applying a clean legal hit that renders your opponent incapacitated and unable to continue. Everybody did it. We don't care about everybody else. We don't want the world to know that everybody's doing it. We don't, we don't need to worry about the fact that Greg Williams had a bounty program every other team he was with. We're not going to go there. Yeah, no doubt. We just want to focus on this one because, again, if you make it look too egregious that's when you have to worry about legislative administrative and judicial yeah. oversight makes them look and like interference no and institutional people start, control people there. start getting prosecuted right right at some point people start and and i've had folks in the know raise with me almost amazement but this when, is not when you that, consider, that's tanking but you think it would get that serious with just tampering no, and stuff no, like no, that because no, 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 those no, are no, no. Yeah. but but i think that if you still don't want you still don't want to say to the world, hey, you know what? Everybody does this. Yeah. We've got a rule against it, and everybody violates it. I just think that's the kind of thing that could get the attention of people who would say, well, what other rules do they have that everybody's violating right. and they're not enforcing? Yeah, I got you. I got you. So, so tampering is one that I think they could go there because you're right. Congress isn't going to care about this. Right. There's not going to be some prosecutor somewhere. This is the point I was making. There's prosecutors everywhere who have a ton of discretion. And you put a pelt on the wall or on the horse, as the case may be. This is, the, this is a pretty big pelt if you can take on the NFL and prove that somebody is violating the law in some way. But I think that's why they went with tampering and not tanking. And this is where we pivot to tanking. Well, let me just say one thing, too. I don't think it's going to affect the Sean Payton sweepstakes when the end of the year. I don't. I mean, I, I still think the guy wants to coach football for sure. And I do think that, okay, maybe somebody won't be as egregious or aggressive, but, uh, I mean, still a phone call to Don Yee. Oh, hey, we're talking about There's this. There's still a way to do it. Exactly. Still, we were talking about yeah. this. And, hey, what about Sean? What's going on with him? Oh, is he really? Oh, hey, hey, we might get rid of our coach this year. Here's, here's so the key. that's where I, he's too hot of a commodity. You have to be more discreet. Yeah. That's, that's the you. key. Use the burner phones. Don't talk to anybody about it. Yep. Make sure no one knows and all tracks are covered. Right. And don't be nonchalant and loose with it. I think people were just getting a little too casual because they're thinking they're not going to do, do anything. anything. All right, one more question before you go to the tanking thing right. that I want to just bring up with the, the, the tampering thing. What do, you, what do you think about, I mean, where do you think Brady's at in the locker room today? I mean, do you, if you Happy were, birthday, Tom. Well, if you were in the locker room and you were in Tampa Bay, which, you know, again – um, I, there's a part of me that loves this because I got, when we talked about this on air and I talked about it a few, I got some major pushback from some major players in the front offices of these teams. Oh, I know you did. I did. And I sent a snarky text back to one of them <laughs> yesterday. Like, huh, seems like something broke. Might've been right. But that, that is uh, annoying. My point is, how do you think Brady's viewed in the locker room today? I mean, that, that's gotta be a little uncomfortable for him going in there, going with a bunch of guys that are going, damn, he didn't even really want to be here this year. He was trying to get the hell out of here and he's still our quarterback. First of all, there's a chance that not many even, even know about yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Cause they're caught up in the day in and day out the grind, grind. getting ready for week one yeah. and it's training camp. And a lot of guys just aren't engaged in the news the way that the ardent fans are. No, but I assume that some this way, one, somehow it's trickled in. This one is for sure. That he was talking to the Dolphins and was going to play for the Dolphins. I'm but I, I kind of think that. Don't some of them already know what what the deal was? Probably. You and know, he's Tom Brady, and they're just not going to worry about it because he's yeah, playing a game that they can't imagine. He's here with us, right. and he's all in with us right. this year. Yep. And his favorite Super Bowl championship is always the next one. He's locked in, and he's loaded, and he's ready to try to win a Super Bowl. So I, I think they all assume they're in the last year with Tom Brady anyway. So I think they process it because they have the mutual goal of trying to be yeah, as good as they Bowl. can be and win. Right, and right. Even if anybody would have the nerve to dare mention it to Tom in his presence, because I could see some people talking about it when he's out of the room. Like, what do you think of that? Well, you know, you know but I, I don't I don't think it's going to be an issue yeah. because it's Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I understand, too. Yeah, I, I think you get some side eye. You get some guys that are like, man, he didn't really want to be here. But you're right. I think it just goes. He is here now. Though. He's here. He's now. back. Exactly. He's here, right. And we're going forward. Exactly. We're trying to, we're yeah. trying to win. That's, so, uh, that's the mindset of the athlete. And, and I don't know. Does, would, would, if you were Tom Brady, would you address the elephant in the room or would you just just keep doing your thing and act like it's not even there? I think oof, that's a good question. I'd probably just act like it's not a thing and just keep going about my business. Yeah. Just, and, and again, I think you're right. I think the point that you made with the players, uh, yeah, it's Tom Brady. This is, it's another level of stratosphere of connections, things he's doing, people he knows, all of that legacy. It's at a greater, a greater you know, deal with him. And I, I think players can compartmentalize that. For some people, the rules that apply to the rest of us just don't apply. For some people, even though for everyone else in the oh, world well, it happened, there would be accountability. Whoa. There's just no accountability. Do you know what I thought there of, are, too? There are some people you know. who may 
Maybe they used to golf together. I don't know. Well, I can't remember. I, I, but maybe for some people, there's just know. no accountability. Hey, or you, I know. I, you know what subject I want to bring up. <laughs> you know. I mean, to Let's me, it's just more on. evidence to go. The Let's rules don't on. matter to this guy. Let's move on to And tanking. if you don't think he took the air out of the balls, Let's you're crazy on, on a 55-degree no. winter night. The balls don't deflate that much. I thought you were talking about something else. No, I, I know what you were talking I'm not All going right. there. I'm talking about the other You scandal. know, that was also in January. Right. That also happened in a January. A different January. Okay. A different day in January. But anyway, okay. Let's move on. Uh, tanking. Um, so, th- this one, and, and we, we know what Flores alleged. At some point during the 2019 season, Stephen Ross offered $100,000 per loss, and Flores documented it, sounded the alarm, sent the memo internally. And at one point, NFL Network reported that there was an unnamed witness who corroborated that Ross said – $100,000. Yeah, and right. I was told a long time ago, Ross's defense is going to be, it was a joke. Yeah. And I think, but for the Brian Flores lawsuit, the NFL would have said, it's not a funny joke. Yeah. I think the Brian Flores lawsuit is one of the key reasons why the NFL circled the wagons. Because they're in wagon circling mode Definitely. with the Brian Flores lawsuit. And one of the claims is, you fired me because I raised the alarm internally about tanking and I resisted these efforts to tank and you fired me in violation of Florida public policy because I blew the whistle on tanking. So they can't, because of that lawsuit, they cannot find that Stephen Ross was trying to get Brian Flores to tank. They can't do it. There's a separate reason why they can't do it that deals with legalized gambling, but for that reason alone, they can't do it. And, And I say all that because when you look at the findings... It looks like they he's, found he's guilty at a minimum attempted tanking. Yes, attempted tanking. Right here we go. The Dolphins. This is paragraph one of the findings that were made as to tanking. The Dolphins did not intentionally lose games during the 2019 season, nor did anyone at the club, including Mr. Ross, instruct Coach Flores to do so. No witness contended otherwise. The Dolphins competed hard to win every game, including at the end of the season when they beat Cincinnati and New England, while worsening Miami's position in the 2020 draft. Let's go to point two, though, because they tie together. On a number of occasions, funny this wasn't point one. I know, it's just On hilarious. a number of occasions during the 2019 season, Mr. Ross expressed his belief that the Dolphins' position in the upcoming 2020 draft should take priority over the team's win-loss record. Expressed his belief. Expressed Mike. his belief. These comments, now this is the owner of the team, by the way, yeah. the guy who signs the checks. Yeah. These comments were made most frequently to team president and CEO Tom Garfinkel, but also were made to general manager Chris Greer, senior vice president Brandon Shore, and Coach Flores. These comments, which he took to be suggestions that he lose games, troubled Coach Flores and led him to express his concerns in writing to senior club executives, each of whom assured Coach Flores that everyone, including Mr. Ross, supported him in building a winning culture in Miami. After this, Mr. Ross no longer made any such comments to Coach Flores. Doesn't say whether or not he made the comments to anyone else, but he no longer made them to Coach Flores. Uh, look, th- this, is, this is unbelievable to me. Because I- I've said this for years. This goes back to... Johnny Manziel being drafted by the Browns. Yeah. And Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, insisting at the time, I never told anyone to draft Johnny Manziel. Right. This is one of the privileges of being the owner of an NFL team and a multi-billionaire. And I make this example in Playmakers. If the boss, the multi-billionaire, walks through the front door and there's a bowl of candy and they're Kit Kats, and he's never seen one before in his life, and he's never had one in his life, and he unwraps it, and he takes a bite, and he I says to the receptionist, yeah. this is the best candy I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Anywhere that guy goes and opens a drawer, Kit Kats are going to fall out of it. <laughs> Anybody who wants to continue to work for him knows he likes Kit Kats. He doesn't have to say, go out and buy a 1,000 bags of Kit Kats. You do it because they all pay attention to the person who runs the team. They're all listening for whatever it takes. They're all on pins and needles. They're all tiptoeing on eggshells around the guy who is the center of power in the organization. One of the benefits of being that guy is you never have to order the code red. You never have to say, go lose games. You make your preferences known. And the people who are smart enough and who truly want to continue to work for you will listen and act accordingly. No doubt. You never have to say to Brian Flores, I want you to lose games. All you have to say is, you know, you know, I was thinking. 
It would be better insinuation. For us. Not even insinuation. Yeah. Expressed his belief. I know, but even if somebody did insinuation, you would should take, take it. priority. All he has to say is, "Hey, you know, you know, coach, our draft position next year, in my mind, takes priority to our win loss yeah, record this year." You don't even have to wink when you say it when you're Stephen Ross, and 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 this is where. It's mind-blowing that they didn't take action against Ross because you're never going to catch a guy tanking if the person who blows the whistle is also the one that saved the owner's ass by refusing to do it. The only reason it didn't happen is because Flores, Flores refused to win. do it. Right. And the only reason we know about it, Chris, is because Flores complained about yeah. it. How many times does it happen? Hey, Lovey Smith did it in Tampa. Sorry, Lovey. He did it in Tampa. He went with it when they took out half the starting lineup in the second half of the Week 17 game against the Saints to blow a double-digit lead so they could nail down Jameis Winston. Sean Payton was on this program at the, at the Super Bowl, and he said, you know, I'm standing on the sideline, and they're, usually I get a report when Guy starters comes out. Guy game, and, right. And I, everybody's out. Right. They're all out. What's going on? We're starting the third quarter, and everybody's out. What the hell's going on? Peyton's a firm believer that the Buccaneers tanked in that game. He believes the Eagles tanked. Remember that Week 17 game yeah, on NBC? Yeah, affected the Giants' Jalen playoff. Jalen Hurts is out. They yeah. put Nate Sudfeld in. Right. Peyton's a believer that they tanked then. And we don't know about it because the coach didn't blow the whistle because the coach went along with it. Yeah. The coach is not going to blow the whistle on something he went along with because he's hurt by it too. So I, it, it's, it's astounding to me that they didn't punish Ross because – Ross tried to tank, but for Brian Flores. And Roger Dow commended Brian Flores for resisting. But for Flores, they would have tanked, but we also would have never known about it. No, they don't. And the NFL doesn't want to incriminate themselves here. I mean, I think that's bottom line. That's where it came to. Exactly right. I mean, the the first paragraph and the second paragraph don't even make sense when you read them back to back. It's like they're literally talking out of both sides of their mouth there, really. They They are. And I think to your point, you've said this for a little while. I think it is very real, especially in football world. You know, yeah, it doesn't have to be in writing. It doesn't have to be a part of a contract. Head coaches, you know, head coaches, owners, whatever, it's got a, that, that military, you know, take the command. Yep. Oh, okay. I know. They don't have to, like, command you and you go. John Gruden can insinuated something to me when I was the quarterback of the Bucs. If he insinuated, I went, okay, he wants me to do that. All right. He'd like to see me out on the field. You know, he, he told me a story once about quarterbacks used to throw balls at a garbage at a garbage cans and they'd stack them up and do that. And you know what I was doing two days later? I was going, oh, let me go do that. He obviously likes when quarterbacks do that. So let me get the quarterback coach out and do that. Yeah, that, that to your point is where we're going here. It doesn't have to be something, you know, in writing or anything like that. And that's where it's tough. Obviously, Flores fought back against it. But to me, it's it doesn't get much more blatant than that in a lot of ways. But nothing's going to happen here. They went really hard on the first one probably could have gone harder they're not going to go any hard on the the tanking charges because that just is a total shit show for the nfl as a whole sorry matt casey not london there sorry matt casey who's in the room today watching we can, us. We, we're actually in a position where when we drop the periodic but, s-bomb we can see his facial but, expressions but even in here let, let me just i mean it, it goes on in any workplace yeah. to your point I, I i have bosses here at nbc sometimes i say things about quarterbacks they come in and they they want to correct me or say something. Tell me I'm, I shouldn't have said this about the quarterback. And I literally go, I legitimately for a second start to go, man, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I, I'll correct that. But then I realize they know nothing about quarterbacks and I don't change my opinion. <laughs> but, but that's what happens, you know? Um, so you do think that. But there's a difference. That's your point. There's a difference built into the hierarchy. There is. And when you're dealing with the person at the very top of the hierarchy who is a multi-billionaire, one of the most powerful people in the world, and he's saying, he, I can't believe they put this in writing, that he expressed his belief it, it, it doesn't even make sense. that draft position should take priority. That's all you need to find that he tanked. He put the wheels in motion. And I'm telling you, and I don't, I don't want to engage in hyperbole here. Brian Flores is a hero. He's a hero for pushing back against Stephen Ross and ignoring Stephen Ross. And, and because he did, that's what led to, and this is the third point from the 
tanking findings in the NFL statement. One such comment that Ross made yeah. is a claimed offer by Mr. Ross to pay Coach Flores $100,000 to lose games, as to which there are differing recollections about the wording, the timing, and the context. Wasn't that true of anything that anyone says? There's differing recollections. We're human beings. There's always differing recollections right. of what was said, the wording, the timing, and the context. However phrased, such a comment was not intended or taken to be a serious offer, nor was the subject pursued in any respect by Mr. Ross or anyone else at the club. Well, wait a minute. I thought Brian Flores took it to be a serious offer. So that's baloney right there. Yeah. He took it to be a serious offer. See, if you're going to put credence in the things Brian Flores is saying, you can't pick or choose what you're going to believe and what you're not going to believe. Exactly. Well, we believe Brian Flores when he reduced to writing his concerns about Stephen Ross expressing his belief that draft position takes precedence over win-loss record. But we're, we're not going to believe him when he says it's, that he took that offer serious. It's totally serious. serious. Right, right. And, and here's how it goes. Ross keeps saying to Brian Flores – Draft position takes precedence over win-loss record, and he's still winning games, and he's still saying it. And at some point, Ross says, what do I have to do, offer you $100,000 per loss? I mean, that may have been how it went, uh, or maybe stronger than that. But you're right. They were not going to find that he did it because of the Flores lawsuit. And, Chris, I'm surprised there already hasn't been a class-action lawsuit brought on behalf of everyone who placed a legal wager on the Dolphins on a money line or on a spread bet in 2019, mm. arguing that the Dolphins weren't trying to win. This is what the NFL cannot have in a world of legalized gambling. You cannot have anyone connected to a team that isn't constantly saying, all we want to do is win. All we want to do is win. Nothing else matters. And that's why the NFL, I think they don't have a draft lottery because they don't want to legitimize yeah. the temptation right. in December and January when your team is done, when your team is out of it, to not try to win every game. They don't want to go there because that's how you get lawsuits. That's how you get prosecutions. That's how you end up with an agency, a federal agency like the Securities and Exchange Commission that has full regulatory power over professional football. They don't want it. That's why Stephen Ross wasn't punished for what he did. And at a minimum, it's attempted tanking. At a minimum, he aimed the gun. He missed the guy. He was trying to shoot him. He pulled the trigger and he missed. And he's, he's, not, he's not accountable yeah. for that. No, I, I mean, I know you, you brought up a few you know, reasons or, or examples you know, of the teams tanking, Lovey Smith, the Bucks, all that, the Eagles, all that. But I do think you know, as a whole, yeah, the NFL, you know, there's more coaches, I feel like, on, made of the mold of, of um, Brian Flores. You know, as we've talked about before, you've heard me say this. You know, this goes back to a, you know a, a, an old Bill Parcells quote I've heard my dad say before, where you know they, they they put the record on your your gravestone. They do, and these guys, you know, as we we've, we've talked about this before, uh, most of these coaches, especially if they're not sure if they're totally secure, don't want to tank one because it's going to be held against them, like you talked about, and two, they do want to build a winning culture, and that's what Flores was trying to do here. And it's probably what will stop any class, uh, you know, lawsuit or whatever. And the fact that they won those last two games against the Bengals and a Patriots team that was going to the playoffs. But yeah, that'll always be the issue there. That's where owners need to be, I think, really careful going forward. You know, because this is a thing now. But most coaches, they're, they're not going to be in the business of, you know, folding their tents and going, we're going to lose this one today. I just don't believe they believe in that karma. It's always about fighting, winning, building something. And they know that, you know, even though if they did tank or lost games deliberately and lost the last five games of the year, as you know, I know, anybody knows, two years later, everybody's going to go, well, he lost those last five games of the year that year. And no one's going to stick up for him. The owner's not going to come out and go, well, you know, I told him to lose him. It wasn't really his fault. So that's where coaches, I think, are going to, Kind of have to continue to push back here a little bit and, and maybe do have some power with Sean this. Payton has made the point as yeah. well that tanking is just completely contrary to what you try to do in building it, a program. It, it's, a, it's a disease you're, of your once team. You, once you do that, right. you're never getting back the guys who are out there trying to play exactly. their best. It's scary you take to out do the that. starter, you mm -hmm. put in the backup, we're trying to lose the game. Right. You you undermine your culture and you poison it to the point where you cannot resuscitate exactly the Exactly right. That's what that's, a lot of coaches would tell you. Exactly right. One last thing, too, and, I, you know, I've said this before on the show, I think. It was 2019 at the league meetings mm -hmm. in March in Arizona. Yeah. I was talking to Jeffrey Lurie at that cocktail party right. that they do on Monday night. Yeah. And Stephen Ross saunters up, and the topic comes up generally about improving your draft standing mm. through through not. So are you, are you part of this conversation? Well, now that it's over, I, won't, I can't be mm. subpoenaed. But I remember yeah. 
vividly. Yeah. Stephen Ross saying, sometimes you just got to take your lumps. And I've said it before on this show or elsewhere. Sometimes you just got to take your lumps. And, and that was when Tua was the, the, the target. That's the irony I in know. all this. That was all they Tua talked about. Tua breaks his hip. Right. Joe Burrow becomes Stephen Ross's fascination. Remember, they tried to get the Bengals to trade out of the top spot, and the Bengals just wouldn't even engage yeah. in the conversation. Right. And then they take Tua instead of Justin Herbert. So uh, I guess you could say that Stephen Ross ultimately got what he deserved because he didn't get Justin Herbert. But he should have been punished for attempted tanking and the reason he wasn't is it strengthens Brian Flores's lawsuit if he is and on top of that it exposes a box full of Pandora as it relates to this world of legalized games. yeah it definitely does but you know I don't, I don't know you know it, it, it's funny too where um I, I just look at like Stephen Ross and his comment and then everything he said yesterday which didn't make sense either. Oh, we haven't even had a chance to get I to know. that. I know. Do you want do we to wait? Take a or, break? Yeah, we let's, probably let's, do. Let's take a look okay. at his comment. And, and okay. folks are like, why aren't you talking about other stuff? This is one of the biggest stories that we've seen in recent years. Yeah. I mean, this is tremendously impactful is. on the National Football League. We'll look at what Stephen Ross had to say and maybe maybe uh, try to avoid dropping any S-bombs well, as done. we assess the right. quality of the comment. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 